0: You feel like a complete and utter
1: Muppet. I sit around reading law books on the weekend. Oh, God, this is interesting. (laughs) They've they've amended section 127. This
0: was supposed to send you off on a good note, not (laughs) (laughs) thinking about climate change. You're listening to The Briefcase. Hello, my friend. It's me again. That voice only you can hear that tells you to learn things. That's right, it's Sarah. I'm your host around these parts. And guess what? It's episode four. We have been official for like four whole weeks. I just can't believe it. So happy one month anniversary. I got you probably the best present ever. It's super thoughtful and sentimental whilst being equal parts thrifty. It's sand in a bottle with a ribbon tied around it look the the bottle's nice you can reuse that if you're not into the whole sand in a bottle thing um and I got the sand from a legitimate beach nudgy beach during low tide so that's natural and it's organic and it's got a bit of a pong to it so I'm not exactly sure if it's sand or some dog poo that's kind of turned white and crumbled a little bit That's okay, because as usual, there's a little something else in this briefcase, so let's see what it is. Oh, it's an interview with the only man I know who can get away with ambushing you with anecdotes about the sexual escapades of older people in aged care. It's the one, the only, Mr. Brian Hurd checked out the website yet, briefcasepod.com has all the links you'll need to all of our presenter socials. You can also sign up for the weekly newsletter, 100% no spam guarantee. Okay, let's keep up with Black Little Law like never before with Brian Hurd. I I can't tell you how often I I think of and recall the comments that you make about the senior generation out there. (laughs) The, the comments that you make, both astound and repulse... Same time. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it's like a car crash, you can't look away. That's right. Yes. So, Brian. Yes. What did you want to have a chat about today?
1: I think what I've seen of late is something that you raised before, and that is general practitioners who are general practitioners Uh, And think of older people, perhaps in a very stereotypical way, that they come in when they're old to do their wills. Mm. And that that is a practice that most general practitioners can cope with. What, however, is happening, it's the demographic effect of living longer on legal practice, is that when older people come in, their issues and their problems are far more diverse. Mm. Far more diverse. It's not a case of, give me a will and I'm out of here, and then they die. What we're seeing, and particularly I'm seeing in my area of elder law, is that the issues confronting older people are far more complex than they ever used to be, because they're living longer. Mm-hmm. The consequence of that for lawyers is that unless they understand the, the legal developments and implications of that living longer period for older people, uh, that comes with unique legal issues, then they do enter a... Uh, A zone full of sharks uh, in terms of the dangers lawyers can get into by not knowing something. Mm. Lawyers who don't know something, or think they do, are very dangerous not just for themselves but for their clients.
0: And is it not the case that we can always learn something
1: new? You can, such as how many lawyers out there would know, for example, a recent case I had, Mm -hmm. where an elderly gentleman came in with his two daughters. They escorted him in and sat on either side of him. He was married a second time about eight years before. Mm. So it was a blended family. He's rich, his new wife is poor. They lived together in a house owned by him in a very wealthy suburb. Mm. About seven, going on eight years after they got married, he couldn't cope with caring for her. So she had to go into residential aged care she wasn't a young chippy wife then, she was 76 so it was, she was still young in, in old terms uh the issue came up for him to pay or not to pay in relation to his second wife's residential aged care now that's a financial issue but it's was a legal issue because he stays in the house she moves into residential aged care. The ones she chooses to move into want her to pay what's called a RAD, a refundable accommodation deposit, Mm. which was $400,000. Now, she didn't have $400,000, but guess who did? He did. Mm. So remember, he took these vows eight years before, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Mm. So he's about to sign a cheque to pay to the nursing home to pay for the RAD. Yes. And his daughters, from his first marriage, smell a rat. So they escort him to my office. Right. And there he is sitting there. He brought the cheque with him. He was about to sign the cheque when I said, Now, Bob, if you sign that cheque and give it to the nursing home, you are going to kiss that money goodbye. And even worse, so are your two children sitting on the opposite side. Why? Because of the law. What does the law say? What does the law say? It's called the Aged Care Act. It's a biblical proportion. It's a huge piece of legislation. How many general practitioners would have an Aged Care Act sitting on their desk? And if they did, and if they knew where to look mm-hmm. in this doorstopper piece of legislation, mm-hmm. they'd find a section in it which said, It doesn't matter who pays a RAD. When the person, the resident, dies upon whom the RAD was paid, the RAD must be refunded to that person or their estate not to the person who paid it. Right. So can you see an issue here? Can you see the issue? The issue is, if he pays it, she dies. Goes to her estate. Goes to her estate. And guess what? They both agreed to make wills giving everything to their respective children. Right. So she dies, in comes the $400,000 into her estate, and it goes off to her children. That's the law. So the client has this almost, almost impossible conundrum. The vows he took. Mm sickness and health, or honour his will. In other words, he wants his money to go to his children. Yes. Not to his stepchildren. Mm -hmm. What's he going to do? So, issue. I tell him the law. So he knows the law and he knows the consequences of either decision.
0: Mm -hmm. What does he do?
1: That's an interesting question. And in the next episode, I'll tell you. (laughs) No!
0: You can't do that. You can't set us up like that. I'm sorry, I need the answer
1: now. Well, the raises another legal issue because he went home, so I'm told by one of his daughters, and tore up the cheque.
0: Right.
1: Now, of course, that wasn't the end of the problem. No,
0: because he's got more cheques.
1: No, it's because his, his stepchildren found out about this and went apoplectic because they said, the vow, the vow. Mm-hmm. You mm. should have paid on behalf of your lovely second spouse because that's the vow. Mm. And the children of Bob say, I don't think so. The reality is Bob wants us to get it, not you, stepchildren.
0: So what happens to the poor love waiting to be admitted to this nursing home? Oh, she's
1: already there. She's there. She's gone in. Money still hasn't been paid. So the pressure was on on Bob. Yeah. Well This is another issue. (laughs) uh, Kicking people out of residential aged care, it's very rare. Right,
0: okay.
1: Even if you're behind in your fees Mm. Can you imagine what a current affair would do? Here's a resident being pushed down on a gurney from a nursing home, not because they've got COVID or have to go to hospital, but because they're being evicted. Yes, Because no, they haven't true. paid their fees. It doesn't happen. That's true. It just doesn't happen. Yes. Which is an interesting piece of advice you might give to people about to go into residential aged care. Yeah, right. In other words, once you're in there, it's almost impossible to get you out.
0: Right.
1: Because of... The reluctance from a pr reputational point of view of the operator mm. to do anything which appears to be adverse to the interests of this frail vulnerable elderly person
0: mm.
1: now that is not to say take advantage of that situation it's just that that's the lie of the land that's the reality yes which leaves a problem of course because when you die in that residential nursing home there's a debt owing and that debt is owned by the estate so the children's share of mum's estate or dad's estate has to be used to pay mum's debt in the nursing home. They don't like that.
0: Mm. They don't like that. No, they wouldn't.
1: Ironically, Mm. uh, once they realised what had happened, they were, two of them were the enduring power of attorney for their mum. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were the enduring power of attorney for your mum in those circumstances, you might want to do something. Mm -hmm. You might want to pursue my client to force him to pay, for example, the RAD. They sat on their hands. So much so that eventually one of the other children who was not the Enduring Power of the Attorney went to the public trustee in Queensland mm-hmm. and said, this is ridiculous. These people are doing nothing. Uh, we want you to take over the role as being mum's uh, Enduring Power Administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that duly happened. Wow. So here's the next legal stage. Mm-hmm. The first legal stage is you've got a problem. Next legal stage, as a result of trying to fix that problem, you've created another problem. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fix this? Mm. Irony of ironies. Public trustee starts to pursue it. Next thing, guess who dies?
0: I'm guessing the lady.
1: No, (gasps) he dies.
0: No.
1: So stage three of the legal problem. He dies before her. He dies at home. She's still in the nursing home. And the the $400,000 has still not been paid. Mm -hmm. And guess what the problem with that is? it's accruing interest. So now the debt's gone up to $482,000 from $400,000, and it's going up, at that stage at least, by about 4.3% per annum. That's the interest rate. Oh my goodness. It's the best investment you can have. (laughs) Yes. In a rad. So now we have stage four of the process, and that is the mother, through her public trustee, is now pursuing the executor of my client's estate, who's now died, to force him, or the estate, to pay the $400,000 plus interest. The children of the mum in the nursing home, Mm. uh, through the public trustee, then had to sue the executor of his estate Mm. uh, under the terms of his will for better provision. Yes. What they call a family provision claim.
0: Yes.
1: So that's stage five. (laughs) And it's still going.
0: So how do you think that particular case is going to finish up, what do you think is going to You want a lawyer next? to predict the future, guarantee yes, a result. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it depends. I think it'll settle. Yep. But very, very interesting to reflect on it mm. in terms of a classic elder law, mm. complex scenario.
0: Any final thoughts?
1: Any blended older person who comes to see you
0: mm-hmm.
1: is ding, 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 ding. This extra dimension to ageing uh, is something that many lawyers are not familiar with. And yet, and yet, there are so many older people out there, particularly single, exposed to these sorts of issues that lawyers mostly don't know about. Do you know in America, I can't stop. In America, they have laws which say that children can be responsible for their parents' residential aged care fees if the parents cannot pay. There are 30 states in America of the 50 who have that law. Canada has that law. Singapore has a law which is called the Maintenance of Parents Act. Not children, the Maintenance of Parents Act, mm. which obliges children in the same situation to maintain their parents. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Pay for their residential aged care. We don't have that here. Therein lies
0: the ageing parent yes.
1: trap. Indeed. I've written a book called that. No. <laughs> don't edit this bit.
0: No, I can, I'll <laughs> include this bit. Okay, to finish up, I would like to ask you a would you rather question. Would you rather be chronically overdressed or underdressed? Under. Why
1: is that? I hate clothes, and I get to a stage where people say, Brian, how long have you had <laughs> that? Never buy ug boots.
0: No. Light-coloured
1: ug boots, because you get stains on the front.
0: Is this you coming people, from experience?
1: People think it's urine.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for your time. It's been
1: wonderful, thank you. I'll send my bill. <laughs>
0: Well, that's all we've got time for this week on The Briefcase for this very special one month anniversary episode. And remember to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice if you haven't already. It's time to close her up. See you next time. I'm Sarah Crowell, and this is The Briefcase.